Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in for the Livingston County Community Mental Health Podcast. My name is Monica, and I will be your host. So for today's episode, we will be talking about helpful and unhelpful things people have said. And with us today, I have the pleasure of introducing Amber, who is one of my colleagues at CMH. How are you, Amber? I am good. I'm happy to be here and be talking on the podcast. I was very excited when Amber had agreed to come on to this podcast, and especially for this episode, um, her and I do mental health first aid trainings together, and we talk about how to talk to people who might be going through stuff, and her and I have had conversations outside of mental health first aid about it, and I think it's a really important topic to talk about. It definitely is, and there's a lot of um, lived experience that I've had with uh things that were very not helpful, and then also the once-in-a-while golden nuggets that are super helpful, that are good to share. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's human nature for us to want to provide advice and help people, and I think a lot of times when people are trying to give advice, it does come from a good place, but sometimes it might not be the right thing to say. A lot of times there's the... um, what is common to say that's the you know someone asks you how you're doing do they really mean how you're doing or are they just saying it because that's what you say um a lot of the advice comes from that kind of a i don't know what to say but i want to say something to you yeah it reminds me of like when you go to a store or um, anywhere else maybe a gas station and the cashier says how are you today And our normal thing that a lot of us say is good. How are you? Even when things aren't good. Exactly. So we had gotten a lot of good feedback back from the people that we had reached out to. Um, We did an anonymous uh, survey type thing where people were able to send us some of the things that they felt were helpful and unhelpful things that they've heard in their life. And so we're just going to go over some of it. Uh, We will not have time to go over every single one of the sentences we got back, but we are going to try to cover as much as we can today. So the first one that we have is buck up. So Amber, what do you think about that one? Um, I think it can be both helpful and unhelpful. It depends on the situation. Um, And also a lot of it depends on the tone of voice and how you say something. If if you come at someone and, you know, you want to help and you're just looking at them and kind of you're just like, ah, buck up, get over it. Like Mm -hmm. that's usually not going to help that person very much because they just feel like they've been talked down to or something along those lines. But if you, you know, are talking to someone and having a real conversation and you say, you know, sometimes you just got to buck up and try and keep going, it can be helpful. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I think that I see it more as unhelpful. Um, and I think maybe one of the reasons why I was just talking with somebody the other day about how we come from a culture from a long time ago, and we're still trying to come out of this, of everyone having to think that everything has to be okay all the time and not talking about our problems, you know? Um, And I think over time, we've gotten a lot better with this, but oftentimes, I think 
you know, a lot of people just think they have to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and just keep going. And it's really a toxic um, kind of motto to go by because if we're not talking about what's going on and we're just bucking up, we're not really solving where what the root of that is, you know? Yeah, no, that's a very... You're changing my mind on how I feel about it. <laughs> well, you the, have a very good point. The beauty but of doing these. You know, blame it all over my roots. <laughs> I showed up in boots. The, up. But Always, the beauty. You know, it's fun with me. But listen, the beauty of doing these is both of us having an opinion. And so that's what's fun about this, right? Exactly. Okay. So our next one Everyone is. Everyone that's listening has their own opinion too. Yes, Exactly. So our next one is the therapist has to survive to help others. And yes, yeah, that one really resonates with me because there is a saying that I heard a while ago that you can't help other people put on their oxygen mask if your own oxygen mask is not on. And I think oftentimes, especially because we do work with therapists and, you know, in our roles that we do at our agency, we have to make sure that we're okay in order to help other people, regardless of what your title is. For sure. I mean, it's, um, it's along the same lines of something that I always like, which is, um, if you can't love yourself, how can you love someone else? It's slightly different, but in that same kind of tone of you have to take care of you. Mm -hmm. If you don't, take care of yourself you can't give that back out to anyone else you can't pour from an empty jug if your glass is empty then you're just not giving what other people you're best for what other people need but also you how can you provide support to somebody when you're not supporting yourself if that makes sense oh for sure yes our next one that we have is uh you never get more than you can handle And I can speak from experience. I definitely get more than I can handle. (laughs) And so even if I want to or not. I was just thinking, I'm like, um, I don't know how to nicely say no. (laughs) I have had way more than I can handle all the time. Um, And people that say, well, it's, you'll only get, you can handle it. You've made it. Well, yeah, but not well. <laughs> right. And yeah, I I relate with that one a lot. So quality over quantity, please. <laughs> yes, yes. So our next one is so it says when struggling with uh, mental health, maybe depression, uh, when somebody says make your bed and take a shower, it will help you feel better. So I think that one is one where somebody's trying to be helpful by saying that, but just because something works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for another person. And I definitely, this goes back to how someone is saying it, in my opinion, because, you know, if someone says to me, um, you know, just make your bed and take a shower, you'll, it'll make you feel better. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, my depression doesn't really care about that right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if Monica says to me, you know, when I'm in that place, sometimes I just have to make my bed and take a shower and it helps me. She's coming from a place of this is something that 
is helpful to her may or may not work for everyone else, but she's offering it out there. Um, and I think that's, you know, with a lot of this kind of advice, again, it's how, how you come about it and how you say it and present it to someone. Um, just telling them that, telling people things that they probably already know is not um, always the most helpful, especially when you're struggling with your mental health. You already know that you're struggling usually you don't need somebody else to tell you that you stink and take a shower (laughs) right yeah and I I really like how you change that sentence of instead of saying uh, make your bed and take a shower it's going to help you is this is what's helped me and you just share that piece of wisdom you don't so you know it's not like saying what you should do is this it's just hey this has helped me you know exactly so Our next one is, this is a good one. Do what scares you. There are always lessons to be learned through being uncomfortable. Well, yeah, but, um, that I come, I have a lot of experience, uh, as a recovering perfectionist Mm -hmm. that I tried really hard for a very long time to, feel like I needed to be doing all the things all the time and there's something to be said about comfort like doing something that's comfortable and feels right and you know what it is um whether that be watching the same you know that 70s show 600 times even though you can quote the whole thing that's fine if that's your you know what brings you happiness it's not fine if that's what you do all day every day Mm -hmm. but you know, every moment doesn't have to be where you're trying to achieve. And that's something that I struggled with personally. Um, so when I hear that, it's kind of like, that's great. But, but at the same time, just staying in your comfort zone forever, you're never going to experience mm-hmm. a lot of things. And, you know, I wouldn't have the things to say right now if I had not lived through those experiences. I like how you said uh, a recovering perfectionist. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on recovering from being a perfectionist because I, I totally agree with that. And also, I do agree that sometimes change can be scary. And in order to grow, there is a little bit of growing pains, like, you know, figuratively speaking. And... But also, like you said, if it's that 70s show or whatever, you know, your poison is for TV, that do that, you know, and if it makes you comfortable, sometimes we have to be comfortable. So our next one is hang in there. Uh, I always think of that poster with the cat that's hanging in there, like the Mm. one, the like motivational poster that was in the school uh counselor's office (laughs) see i envision like a sloth hanging from a tree and it's saying hang in there for some reason um but i think i think regardless though hang in there is kind of a generic one that a lot of people you might see on social media or you might just hear it when somebody doesn't maybe know what to say exactly and they say something like hang in there or Another one that I have on my list that I'll bring up right now because it goes with it is everything's going to be okay. And yeah. 
I think a lot, like I said before, I think a lot of times it comes with good intentions, but sometimes that's not the right thing to say because the person who's receiving that information, you know, it doesn't feel like they can just hang in there. And in that moment, everything's not okay for that person. Uh, I think the commonality of that, all those, um, you know, phrases, I guess, that you just said, to me, the thing that always hits me when those generic things are said, I know someone's coming from a good place, but it feels very much like it's a me problem. So they're telling me, you need to hang in there, or like, it's going to get better for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not entirely sure how to say it a little bit differently, but I know that in my life, when people come from a place of, we're going to get through this, like we, mm-hmm. even though it might not, you know, involve Monica, like she might, she has nothing to, she's not in my marriage, but we're going to get through this mm-hmm. is very like, okay, yeah, you know what? I have a friend. I have, she's going to be there with me. It's not just hang in there by yourself. Good luck. Yeah. Um, at least that's how it feels, but you know, we're talking about these, but not always giving a, a better response, I guess. And I don't know that there always is a better response, but you know, the generic things just because they're generic and you don't know what to say, I think it's better I think it's always better to at least say the generic thing if you feel like you're trying to share Mm -hmm. and you want to help someone just because you don't know what else to say doesn't mean that you shouldn't say hang in there. If you don't know what else to say, but you really want to say something, I think it's better to just say that than to say nothing at all. Oh, I agree. And I, one of the things that has came to me over time is if I don't know what to say to somebody, I'll say, I don't know know any words that could help you right now, but I'm here for you right now in this moment. And, um, you know, let me know what I can do for you right now or asking somebody, what do you need? Yes. And that goes into the next one (laughs) that I was going to say is if you need anything, let me know. I think a lot of times when somebody's suffering from a chronic illness or if it's after a funeral or after a surgery or anything like that, you see a lot of people say, and you might hear people say, if you need anything, let me know, which is a pretty big door on one side of it, right? Because realistically, if some, if I were to say that to you, Amber, um, if you need anything, let me know. I can't do everything for you. That would be super unrealistic, right? But I then agree. also there's this other part of this, you know, that if you need anything, let me know. And then you're not there for that person. So a lot of times it's another one of those generic like things to say that isn't necessarily always helpful. So if you need anything, let me know. And then you don't hear from that person for a while and you could have used a hot meal or, you know, help with something else. And so I think that one is another one of those that, at least for me, what is your input on it? I think so. That one's super triggering, I guess is the word. Um, I've had a lot of, for everyone listening, um, you don't know my whole life story, but let me give you the uh, brief version I've had a lot of 
physical health conditions and issues. Um, spent a lot of time in the hospital, had a lot of surgeries, been in a lot of situations that doctors didn't really know what was going on. I have a lot of rare chronic illness situations. Um, and so when somebody's, and I also have, you know, depression, anxiety, I deal with these things a lot. But um, when somebody tells me, you know, if you need anything, like, let me know. It's twofold. On one hand, it, I, it's almost overwhelming to have that, like you said, that door is so mm-hmm. wide. Like, I don't even know what I need. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. I'm like, I need something. I need your help. But I don't know what I need. Mm-hmm. So, like, suggest something. Um, but at the same time, like you said, you know, that's just something people say a lot or you build posted online and even though a little bit ago I said it's better to say something (laughs) than to say nothing my caveat to that is don't say anything that you don't mean or you're not going to follow up yep so if you say you know if you need anything let me know I'm here you had best mean that (laughs) yeah like you had better be prepared for if you get a phone call at 4 a.m. that this person is not okay and they need to go to the emergency room or something. Mm-hmm. Are you going to actually be there or are you going to help them get to that position? Because I know that I have friends that have done that for me. And I didn't know if they were going to answer or not. But they had made that, you know, kind of, I'm here if you need me whatever time. Like, you're never going to bother me. That's mm-hmm. something that I really like as a follow-up or just something to say is you're, you're never a bother to me. Like, if you yeah. if you need anything, you're never going to bother me. Um, just sometimes you feel like you're annoying people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, is I know a lot of the things we've read so far have been non-helpful things. But I think in this situation, a solution for that could be, um, like, I remember, Amber, one of the last surgeries you were out for, I texted you just saying, hey, checking in, um, how are you? And so even though that's not me, like, doing an actual act of, like, cutting your grass or something like that, it's... It was wonderful. (laughs) It's checking in with somebody. And I'm not saying that to, like, toot my own horn or anything like that. I say that because it's a solution to a to this issue that we have yes. of saying things that sometimes we don't mean or sometimes can be really unhelpful. Yeah. Um, along those lines, I did have someone recently with that surgery. Um, and this was kind of one of the first times I'd ever heard it, but I loved it. Um, she had made an offer, like a very direct offer of, um, you know, if you need, like, I don't remember how exactly did she say it? something about um I would love to make you know make you some baked goods if that's something that would you know make you feel good that's something I like to do like she was just kind of like this is something I'd like to do I'd love to bake you something is there something that you really like and it was kind of the first time someone had been very direct Mm -hmm. with that I'm here for you but they were you know telling me this is how I'm going to be here for you or this is you know a way that I would like to be here for you and show my support. Is that okay with you? What would you like? Um, And it was wonderful. And like, you know, just having someone check in and being okay with 
maybe they're not going to respond. Yeah. <laughs> maybe now's not a good time, but you're still checking in on that person. And it's always nice to hear from people. Definitely. And I think especially too, like in a situation where you're recovering and a lot of that time for a lot of people is usually by themselves or yes. in a very isolated situation where they're laying in bed or laying on a couch or, you know, just aren't able to be around a lot of people that I think simply just checking in with somebody can be enough. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you just said, um, you know, when you're recovering, you were talking about something physical, but at the same time, you know, I've had, uh, I've been in situations where, you know, my brain was just so, so done with life that, um, stress and anxiety, I was having, uh, pseudo seizures due to stress and anxiety. And as I was recovering from that, a lot of my friends or just people in general just didn't know what to do because they didn't know how to be there. But just having someone text me and saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. Or like, I saw this, uh, people sending pictures. I love that. Like, I saw this random thing at the store. It made me think of you and sending a photo. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the stuff that really helped. But, you know, recovery from everything is important. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid of that, people out there. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm, so we have time for one more and then we are okay. going to wrap it up. Um, we could go, I, I know I could talk about this yeah, for we could hours. Go forever. <laughs> <laughs> so our last one, and I think this is a good one to end on, especially with what we were just talking about. Um, so people saying you're a bad person because you do drugs or alcohol or another um, kind of societal unnorm thing. And I just, first and foremost, I want to say that we aren't inherently bad people. You know, they're, we're not born no. bad. We're, I, you know, my personal take is I don't think there's bad people. I think that we've gone, th there's people that have gone through a lot of hard things and that it's just a coping mechanism that somebody has and it doesn't define who that person is. Right. Especially when it comes to substances. Yep. Um, that's. You know, something that we talk about in mental health first aid training that everybody out there, slight plug, like, it's amazing. You should take it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, something we talk about in that is that, you know, it's a substance use disorder. It is not a, a lot of people truly feel like it's just a choice. Like society, you're just making a bad choice if you have a substance use disorder. And that's, that's not the case. It's, it's a function of your brain you know yeah you can't really tell somebody um to i'm trying to think of an example like change your eye color mm -hmm. that's not you're just kind of born with it now you can learn to live with it you can get different contacts and you can do whatever but it mm -hmm. takes some effort and some time and some support and some you know assistance from people nobody's ever sure. bad because of what they've done and a lot of times when people are coping with at least in my experience, coping with substances, it's, they already feel bad. They already feel like they're a bad person. For sure. And that's probably why they're coping, at least, you know, in my life. And having someone think that you're just useless or not a good person, some, some addicts are, I say addicts, that's how they've 
called themselves in my life. My parents were addicts and recovering and different things, but you know, some of the best people that I know have gone through crazy things and then you come out the other side and we're all, we're all good people if we want to be, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, don't judge people based on what they, what they're doing. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so Amber, thank you so much for being on here with us today. And thank you again for having me. Of course. And so everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and listening and we will be posting another one soon.